Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Handball and VAR, don't they just make the loveliest couple? You may have noticed how the simple act of a ball touching an arm is, well, pissing everyone off. So we thought we'd offer up ways we'd improve the handball rule once and for all. Afterwards, we'll be discussing whether playoffs are actually a good thing in English football. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So, eight Englishmen occupy spots in the top ten all-time Premier League goalscorer lists. Can you name the two non-English players that make up the other two spots? English. Non-English. So, so non-English can be Scottish or Welsh or or Northern Irish? Non-English or British, yeah. It says English men. Eight English men occupy spots in the top ten all-time. Well, Thierry Henry... Sergio Aguero. Fuck you, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, I was trying to go down it. I was like, right, maybe Ryan Giggs, but yeah, no. Uh, That's the end of our podcast. All right, well, can I, can I see? Let's try and get them. Let's try and get them in order then. So Shearer's top. No, I don't Greaves, know the rest. Jimmy Greaves a bit top. No, a Prem. You said. He said all time. Is it Premier League, bro, or is it just? Top five. What is that? I'm not sure. Premier League goal scorer list all time. Okay, Shira. <laughs> yes. Andy Cole. No, sorry, Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney. Yes. And Andy Cole. Yeah. Uh, then Aguero. Yes. Yeah. Then Lampard. Yeah. Yes. Then Henri. Yeah. yeah. Then it gets difficult. Um. Oh. After Henri. How many you on has? That's <laughs> six so far. He's on number seven. Can I have a club clue or will it give it away? We all live in a... Uh, Robbie Fowler? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> then, oh gosh. Teddy Sheringham? Nope. Okay, Robbie Fowler. Um, who else is up there? Who else would be up there? I mean, they'd be like... I mean, the ones that are going across my mind, Les Ferdinand, um, Harry Kane will be up there somewhere. Um, who else? Englishmen. English, English, English. Give us a hand, Dave. Crouchy. Crouch. Uh, Gerard will probably be up there somewhere. No, he's not in the top 10, but he'd be close. Um, right, I mean, we're on number eight right now. Who's oh so I've got I've got seven oh, in there. Owen? Lil Mo. He's not number eight, no. No. Wow. Um You've said his partner in crime when he was at one of the clubs. Uh oh. Uh his partner in crime. Chris Sutton. Well you said ooh, um no, not Chris Sutton, but he, he Ian said Wright. Ian Wright. No. I said, oh gosh, okay. Jermaine Defoe. Yes. yes. Jermaine Defoe. Who was his partner in crime? Crouchy. Oh, Crouchy. Uh, number nine. And then, yeah, number nine and ten, both of you collectively have he's said. Like, it's like Darren Bennett up there or something. Nine and, nine and ten have been said. Owen. Les yeah, Ferdinand. And Les Ferdinand. Yes. 
Harry Kane's 12. <laughs> 12, he's getting there. And Lukaku's Harry, like Harry, up there as well, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's 19, 113. Mm. But it's the weird thing that I've seen here, like based on these goal scoring, um, Harry Kane's going to be in the top 10 by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, he, Poss- he's, possibly, he's on course. Like, possibly to- above Michael Owen. He's on course to break Shearer's, I think. If he, you know, if he re- if he keeps scoring like that until yeah. he gets to thirty-four or something, he'll outscore Shearer. But of course, it's not as simple as that. I've just found a good teaser. Um, okay, so the question is: Who's the only player to win the FA Cup at both the old and new Wembley, as well as the Millennium Stadium? Wow, Ooh. that's a good one. Uh... So it is in our in our lifetime. Start of this millennium. So the millennium set. So flipping heck. Okay, so so old and new Wembley in the Millennium Stadium. Oh, who are? Um, Ashley Cole. No. What year was the old Wembley? Sure. Old Wembley went down in two thousand. Okay. Um. So then it was Millennium Stadium after that, and then two thousand seven was New Wembley first. Van Persie. No. Well, you're in the right ballpark. I think Arsenal. it's an Arsenal player. It's going to be an Arsenal player. So, yeah. when did Arsenal win the the new Wembley? Although, maybe he didn't win it for Arsenal. It's, not, it's not Henri, is it? No. no. Vieira. Well done. Vieira. So, did he win it with Man City then? Yeah. He must have done. Because he, he, he left Arsenal before... Well, Arsenal didn't win it. In the like until ages before, so yeah, oh, that's oh, well, yeah, I, f- I figured it's always going to be when it's the FA Cup, it's always bleeding Arsenal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's why that's why it instantly was from the good deductive reasoning, yeah, nice. I like that. A thinker, a real thinker. Um, so have you guys done the homework I said to you a few hours ago? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, goes off screen. Ro is exiting the park. No, I'm just making sure I've got, it. I've got it on a, another screen. Another screen, all right. Um, so as we know, um, depending on how quickly I edit this, and um, but currently, at the time of recording, the handball rule is in the news. Um, it is hey, did you guys see that stat? It was something mad, like... Um, there's been the same amount of penalties, handball penalties this season than there has for the entirety of the 2017-18 season or something crazy like that. Yeah, and then the, the trend, if this, is, if this continues, yeah. uh, there was going to be around 300 penalties this season. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. Um, and for, and like, uh, about, about 240 of them are going to be Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> it's probably it's probably an old joke by now. That was that was funny though. That the like the one time that the of course the first penalty that's ever taken place after the game has ended has been like it goes to Man United. Like it just had to be. They had like that's just insane. Did you see yeah. that all the uh, all the penalty jokes are getting to him as well? Which I found quite funny. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Yeah. He said, "Oh yeah, people say oh Bruno only scores penalties." <laughs> it's like yeah, mate, because you do. But you've still got to score them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe there's any conspiracy about giving them to Man United, but it's definitely a thing that they're getting very fortunate with it. I think like, it's the way they play football. Nice. Aim for the hands. Um, but anyway, um, 
we've obviously seen that the current rule in place does not work whereby if the ball hits your hand, no matter the context, no matter um, where it hits you on your hand, doesn't matter where your hand is placed, it's a foul. It's not a popular rule, but as we know, it was brought in um, in order to help out referees pre-VAR. Uh, the only difficulty was it came in, I think, a year before VAR came in, which was yeah. dumb. So um, anyway, it looks the good. I was going to say that the the one that the one that happened for Newcastle against Spurs, which was just crazy, and like you know, Steve Bruce even was like, "That was ridiculous." Um, I think uh, the reaction's been so kind of sort of big on that. I think is that it's probably going to spark. I think they probably will change it now, just because there's been such a such a reaction to it. Um, I'm quite um, I'm quite touched by the reaction, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, because I haven't I haven't seen one one person just be like, I have like taking taking the Mickey out of Spurs for it. Not yeah. one person. Every like every single comment I've seen is like that is a, like that is a travesty. That is yeah. Awful. Well, this is that it. Is... These are all these rules are supposed to be in place to make the game better, and it's not making the game better. But anyway. Um, with that being said, obviously there's no question. There's you know speculation over what they might do to try and rectify it. But I thought I'd ask you what you guys think is the best thing to do. What so what what would you make the handball rule if you were in charge in a kind of realistic sense? So um, you know, we'll go over a bit of context of why it's become so popular now, and like why it's you know coming to the limelight. Uh, as in. Yeah, I mean, particularly this season, because when I had a, when, I, when I had a look online, uh, a lot of people, a lot of pundits are saying, "Oh, it's a new rule," and this, that, and the other. Um, and this is the thing: like, don't listen to what all the pundits say, kids. Um, it's technically not a new rule. There's no new rules really. Um, when you have a look at it, it's just the fact that the Premier League and uh, what they call the governing body now for FIFA. Uh, IFAB, yeah. IFAB and uh, the Premier League have just taken a much stricter approach to it. Um, so there's literally, there's no new rule. Well, you're, you're, the, you're telling the, me that the rule has always been if it hits you anywhere on the arm. Well, this is the thing. There's no... So here, here's the outlines that I've got here. It says, the hand slash arm is clearly away from the body and outside of the body line, right? So if it hits yeah. your hand, okay, bang, okay. Yeah. Uh, the player clearly leans into the path of the ball. The ball yeah. travels some distance. The ball touches a hand slash arm that is clearly raised above shoulder. The player falls and the, ha- uh, the hand slash arm is extended uh, laterally or vertically away from the body. Yeah. The deflection clearly made, uh, sorry, clearly makes no difference to the ball touching the hand slash arm that is clearly extended away from the body or and or above the shoulder, or immediately after touching the ball with the with the arm, even accidentally the player scores a goal or creates a goal scoring opportunity. Right. So, so what, these rules, these rules that change. Explain like this. That's so, the so rule that's always been in place. Yeah, they're the rules that have been in place since right. just before VAR was introduced because they did tweak it a bit so but, you're, these... but you're saying that, that it ha- it's always been like that but that's not the rule that they're imposing now they're imposing you, you just specified lots of instances where like yeah. you know you have to yeah, have yeah. a arm extended or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. so I the way that they're it, outlining it isn't particularly clear because there's so many you know subjectively wise there's so many scenarios in which you could like you know you can be falling 
you're not going to fall and put, oh, I'm just going to do a pencil dive and put my arms by my side. Like, you need to push in the blow. You need to kind of make sure you land, you know, all right. Yeah. You can't just keep your hands there. So, I think these rules got amended a few seasons ago and they've just not really been, you know, strict. It's still been... But what, uh, do, they get, what do they get amended to? What, what you just from explained? You they've been amended from. But no, but so, but you're, you're saying... I, I okay. think I can clear up this confusion. Yes, please, please do. I'm very right. So the, the confusion arises with a lot of people I've seen in that they're thinking that if a ball touches a hand or an arm at any point in the match, it is a handball, which yes. is not the case. Right. Yes, is what Ross has said. So if the hand is extended above shoulder high or out of the natural silhouette of the body, that but is that, a handball. But that's but not... However, however, the confusion lies that uh, the rule is for an attacking team only, not the defending team. Yeah. That if uh, the ball touches anyone's hand or anyone's arm in the lead to a, in the build up to a goal, that goal is disallowed. Right. So okay. it's so, so in in the sense of the ball can touch your hand accidentally if you're a defender, mm-hmm. if your arm is in a natural silhouette and you're in a natural position and you're not leaning into it. But they've However, definitely given penalties. Yeah, they have, and that and and that's why they, that's why it's awful and inconsistent. Because yeah. because so the referee just getting been, wrong. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not the case of the referees getting it wrong. It's the case that the governing body and the Premier League have come to the decision to be a lot stricter on it. So they're basically okay. there's there's no circumstantial or accidental handball really anymore. Like if it hits your hand, it hits your hand, and that's how they're seeing it because they're being right. a lot stricter on it. And that's why you're getting all these pundits going. It's a stupid rule, and this that. It's not yeah. the fact. It's not a rule at all. It's just the fact that they're being a lot stricter with it the right. referees are getting the stick of it when all they're doing is following the procedure that the, the you know the okay. the higher bodies have been telling them to do because all right. i think a lot of people complained about oh well that was a handball this was a handball and i think what the what the actual uh, and then since uh, sorry they basically said oh well that was a handball we've got var and no one's looking at it and this that the other and now that that's happened a couple of seasons now uh, or in sporting events and stuff, the governing body's gone, right, okay, then, well, we'll just go from one end of the spectrum to the other, so we'll be super, super strict. And okay. that's not how it should be. Um, there should be some kind of rule, whether it be <clears throat> intent, like, the, the referee well, should be... Like, well, this is, this is what I was going to say. So what? So why don't we go Why don't we go through what we think should be done yeah. to, to, to rectify it? So, Ro, you can start us off then. What, what, what would yeah, you do? Totally. If you were in charge right now... I gave you the golden pencil to amend golden the constitution pencil. of football, if that exists, which I'm sure it does somewhere. If it's in... a pencil, that means it can be changed. <laughs> yes, that's why pencils ink. have erasers. <laughs> now, golden ink. Uh, so, what would you what would you do? What would in a in a you know in a sort of in an ideal footballing of, world? You want to sort so this what, out tomorrow. What I would do is that I would. Make sure that some of these rules regarding, you know, unnatural positions of the hands and that lot. I think that has to be one of the one of the main rules that has to be implemented. Like if if a player's arm is unnaturally there, mm-hmm. um, or in a in a position, then you know it can work towards the referee's favour to then you know allow a penalty or a handball call to be to be made. 
But I think it needs to be very clear or there needs to be a set of rules in which the referee needs to, almost like a criteria of breaking down the handball, like, hey, is it intentional? Is it? And then it's like, yes, okay. Or if it's not, move on to the next point. But then and B, is there... Use VAR for this, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Keep VAR so then it... You can give it to the, the the VAR refs and they can view it and they can give their opinion on the ref because they've had more time to look at it, but also get right. the referee to look at the actual incident from different angles and go through it so it's like straight away, okay, was it intentional? So, no. Yeah. Okay, so okay. next point, is the player is the player's hands in, in a natural position? position? And then he can go, yes, right. and then he can go right to the next point. So if, so if it's... Kind of if it's it's got to be. It's got to check all of those boxes. So, for example, in your system, if it was, if his hand was was up there, up, if his yeah. hand was raised above his body for some reason, but it was unintentional. So, like, yeah. you know, he's jumping or something. That that in your book would be fine. If the ball smacks and hits his hand. Yeah. So, like the Eric Dyer situation. That's fine. So, like the the, the Eric Dyer yeah. situation regarding Tottenham and, and Newcastle, the fact that. What you got to take into consideration is jumps up. When you jump up nine times out of ten, you use your arms to help either project thing, yourself. Thing or it's it's not just that. Yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't just that. Uh, it, no, no, I, 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 I see it as a foul on Eric Dyer more than anything. So he's he's jumped up and Callum Wilson's pushed him in the back. Which well, that's what I mean. So he, he, you know, he, he's been pushing the back or whatever. So he's used yeah. his arms to balance. So you know, exactly. all these things so, you have to take why. into consideration. So that, I'm just using this as an example from what Harry was saying, yeah, like if someone is jumped up. Yeah. And so, okay. So your, your rule would be, so check, check for intent, check for um, unnatural position. position. And is there, an, is there a third criteria or is it just those two that you got? Um, distance uh, the player. Yeah, would you, would you, yeah, would you consider yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, this is the player as well, like, or react, you know, reaction time. So like, has the player had time to react to it? Okay, and then, um, okay, I mean, on the face of it, that sounds sensible. Um, how would you, like you said it yourself before, there's so much subjectivity that, that goes into all of these sort of decisions. Do you think that, you know, you'd have any problems with inevitably getting, you know, because like, like when you look at um, a situation uh, with a, let's say, let's say, for example, we're intent one person could two people could view a clip and one person would go like yeah he meant to do that and another guy would go what are you talking about completely accidental would you would you would you put anything in place to stop that disagreement from happening or would you be happy to just be like look it's not going to be perfect people are going to disagree it's just got to be up to the ref yeah i think the fact that with the system, if that, if this system was you know put into play, I think the one thing that a lot of fans would have to straight away accept is the fact that there might be a couple of mistakes, which obviously isn't going to be great because mm-hmm. you know handballs happen like almost every game, whether it be an intentional or not, or if it just flicks up. So the and like you were saying, the amount of different possibilities and of how that handball can occur, you know, a referee might have researched every handball that's already happened in the Premier League, but there might be another version of one that happens. Like you just can't really prepare enough for mm. it, unfortunately. So I think, I think ideally it'd come down to the referee. So then the referees, you know, ideally got the, the, the power and he's got the final decision to make. Because I think mm. with this, with, with a lot of the VAR, a lot of people are saying, 
that that's ruining it because it's highlighting things that uh, that the referee isn't seeing on the pitch. So it's kind of taken away. So it's almost like undermining the referee because they've not seen what's actually happened on the pitch leading up to it or mm. what they should be seeing. But the but thing, the thing is, has good for stuff like that anyway, which is you have to, I think, like I've said in previous pods, you have to make sure that the referee has the final say or have, has, have the final call. What, over the VAR guys? Yeah. So I think going, back, like... going back to your, um, your, your comment then about, um, obviously, the VAR undermining the referees and like, just because he hasn't seen something. The, the rule is for the, or, or was last season, I'm not sure if it is this season, but when, so, so, say a, a penalty happened in the box, right? And it is a penalty, but the referee's not given it. If the VAR can't overturn that, if the referee uh, was in a position to see it. So, so even if he's uh. in a position to see this foul, but does not think it is a foul, but it is 100% a foul, <coughs> VAR cannot overturn that. So what no. would you, so why, what would you... why then would they go? Why then can they go back for things like little things like these handballs? When a referee's there with a good enough view, yeah, yeah, go back. It's it's like a completely different rule depending on like, you know what, what, what yeah, what yeah, it is. No. But it's, but it's still like you know it's penalties at the end of the day. So, so you, you I, think I think the same rule. I, I think, you know that that could be a, an issue that could happen. But then I think. Rather than the VAR having the final say or potentially having, you know, an overturn of the referee's decision, I think if they can present the evidence in front of the referee, where the referee can look at it and go, "Actually, I made the mistake," yeah, mm-hmm. then that's fair, and I think that a lot of the referees would get more respect as well. Because I know some of them would just go penalty every day of the week. And then they go, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not watching. I'm not, I'm not going to the screen. I'm not. I'm certain. But then if they've got someone in the ear going, go to the screen, mm. because I think you know we've we've got some evidence here. Uh, a lot like there's like what three <laughs> three people in the VAR box or two. You know, you could say all of us here. Three twenty for all I know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. It could be an army of them. Army of them. Um, I think I think for the like I say, coming up to what I'm saying with the rules and whatnot, I think if, if it did come down to that situation, the, the people at VAR would have to present it in a way in which mm. would convince the referee that he was wrong. Not overturning, but convincing that this is actually what happened. And, mm. you know, you have the final say regardless. It's up to you if you want to make the mistake. But mm. then that's VAR being used properly because then people go, well, it's the ref's fault then because the ref's not actually listen to the VAI. It's not actually taking on board what's been said or what's been shown in front of him. Yeah. Um, Ash, what would you, what would you do? You took, you took issue with some of the stuff there. What, what would you, what, if you had the golden not, pencil? Not, not an issue with what we're saying. I, I'm, I'm having no. more issue with uh, just how, how the rules are now. Like. But so I passed, the, I passed the pencil to you. What, what, it, what do you, what do you change, if anything, to sort, to sort this out? Um, right. So I, I saw, I saw a few things online. A few of them were quite interesting, and I thought a few of them could work maybe quite well. But um, so, so let's let's take for for instance the the Eric Dyer uh, handball, which I mean, mm-hmm. it's very controversial, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Not when I edit this. So it'll be months. We'll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, so, so if if we if we ignore the fact that Callum Wilson maybe pushed him and it's like yeah. he's lost his balance, right? 
Mm. You could say he's jumped and his arm could potentially be seen as being in an unnatural position and it is technically above shoulder height. So, yeah. so say that is that is a foul and that is a handball. Uh, I wouldn't change too much in the way you judge handballs. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really change that uh, per se because I, I, th- I think what else can you do? I mean, you, you know, if your hand is above your See, shoulder, you can say that is an unnatural position. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you, you, would, you, would, you, would, you would keep it as, it as it's being put in now. You'd keep it so that if it doesn't matter what the context is, it doesn't matter whether it's intentional. Um, if it touches no, his hand and it's in an unnatural that's position. That's a few things I'd change. Uh, so I think intent is very important. Yeah. So, so it, it would have to be intentional to be a penalty for you. Yes. Even if his arm is, even if he's waving at someone in the crowd. Hello. And it hits his but hand. I, th- I, th- I also think it should No, no, I, no I, seriously. I is, that, is that you would say? Because that's the thing. Like intent, it, you could literally be like yeah. standing on the goal line, waving at your mate. And that stops the ball going in the top corner. That's okay. No. So so intent. So it can't be just blanket. Int- intent. I mean intent as in intentionally having your hands out of a natural oh, okay. position. All right. There so if you're jumping, yeah, yeah gotcha. you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And maybe because Eric Dyer has had the ball hit him on the hand from behind. Yeah. There is nowhere in a million years that's intentional. Obviously. No. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So what I'd do instead, intention. And I know it sounds a bit, a bit stupid, but right. So an intentional. Obviously, you'd have to have, to have a way to judge the intent. Mm. Uh, but I would award a penalty for an intentional handball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, you could have an unintentional handball, and that is a thing. Yeah. And if you're judging the intent, I, I, I would, as I'd say, it's not beyond reasonable doubt to have a free kick inside the box for that. So an indirect penalty or yeah. something like that, or whatever you call it, indirect free kick in the box. Yeah. So that would be that would be if if it's if the hand is like the dire situation, if the hand yeah. or not necessarily the dire situation, because that just for me is just never a penalty in any circumstance. But yeah. let's say a player gets knocked, his hand kind of goes out, you know, outstretched to his right, and then that yeah. blocks a blocks a ball on the line. It's unintentional, but it's clearly stopping a goal. So free, you know, indirect free kick. Uh, I'd say in that instance that, that yeah that's interesting I, I like, quite like that idea of kind of drawing the line of intent and stuff and saying like right you know because I mean I guess I guess you know they, they have that ruling with for example cards I mean if you're if you make a kind of last ditch challenge that you're just trying to hack the, hack the man down they'll give you a red but if you make the exact same challenge but the ref feels no nah, no nah, he was genuinely going for the ball they might give you a yellow so that stuff mm. that sort of Logic exists in football at the moment, so that could work. Yeah, but I mean, I, I feel I feel like obviously you need a way to judge the intent. Um, and Do you have one? It, I don't. <laughs> but I feel like it's just it, it is also inviting a lot of criticism and controversy, like around the intent first thing. Mm. So possibly it's not the best. It's not the best that like, kind of you know. No, it's. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I, best system, but I mean, I mean, it's. You know the the system that we have now is obviously not working. It's this so. rubbish. So you would take anything, um, Dave? Anything to suggest? Um, I think we pretty much all said it in one way or the other. I think in ten, um, I think obviously body position, whether it's natural or unnatural. Mm-hmm. I think 
I would add, um, and I think Roe touched on it before, distance, um, yeah. where the ball, where the player is sort of reacting to it. So if it's really close up and you have no time to react and mm. your hands are down or whatever, for whatever reason, and then obviously intent will come back. But I think that's, that's a really key thing. And the speed the ball's moving at. As well. yeah. so. I, I'm just wondering, like, is, is everyone's issue the... Is it the inconsistency making good decisions and the consistency in the point that they've made bad decisions frequently? Like, what's what's everyone's issue? Because um, it seems like it's obviously the whole general population. I think, I think it seems to be a mix. I think people are pissed off at the inconsistency of it. Like, one, one thing can be a pen and then another ref can decide another thing's a pen. But I think the main thing, really, is that people are looking at instances where referees are giving penalties and thinking, that is not a penalty. And that, that, for, that for me is the, is the main thing. Like this is the, one of the things that frustrates me about, about VAR generally. Um, you see that when, when you've got these armpit offsides and stuff, um, like even, even teams that have conceded a goal and then it, get, it gets VAR checked and a, blo- a bloke is like a toenail offside. The most honest of, of fans who have just seen their team not concede from, you know, from VAR, VAR's chalked a goal that they've conceded off, even they see that and go, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's like Steve Bruce. Like Steve Bruce had his had won a penalty in the last minute to get him a point, and even he's saying it's ridiculous. This is not the correct decision. And I think if if we've introduced this whole system of VAR to basically improve the game, and yet you have you're continuously making decisions that are basically completely pissing off people and making them think this is not you know this is not the result I wanted, even when it goes in their favour, then yeah. something's seriously wrong. Um, and I would kind of extend that to the to the ham handball thing. My, my solution, if I was given the golden the golden pencil, is um, I mean this goes for everything. But if it's just specific to the handball rule, I would just reduce the power that VAR has over it. Like I think ultimately um, we only need VAR for absolutely stonewall black and white things that are going to make make a difference to a goal like like goal line technology it's either over the line or it's not there's no mm. kind of like there's no middle ground there it's either it's very clear um i think referees are part of the game i think referees are as much as part of the game as the as the as the players are and i think it's almost a kind of thing that we forget nowadays like referees performance is is almost in, so ingrained in the in the game and yes you can get a bit upset if the, if the referee has quote unquote cost your team but I almost think that's that's actually quite an enjoy. You know, it's, it's part of football that we shouldn't really sort of forget about. Um, but I think ultimately, just don't let let ref, let referees make marginal mistakes because marginal mistakes do not marginal mistakes. We can whinge about and say, oh, you know, yes, you scored that last minute winner, but it was like a, ha- a hair's width offside or whatever, or there was a tiny little handball in the build-up. But generally football fans didn't really kick up too much of a fuss about that. But when you have like genuinely baffling things like, okay, if the rule, if the handball rule is, if it hits, and again, you guys said it's, this isn't quite the rule, but anyway, if the handball, if the ball hits you anywhere on the arm in the build up to a goal, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's deemed to be a foul. If VAR, no, that's right. if VAR is going back to, to chalk that off when fans don't want it, I, I say, Reduce reduce the the amount VAR is used, and I, um, I've said I possibly have said this before. I think I think cricket 
has the best system for um, for reviews. So they they basically give power to the umpires and say, look, if if the umpire makes a decision, that decision is final unless VAR or you know whatever the review system is um, finds that his decision is like very wrong. Like let's say you know he gives a he says it's a wicket when when the VAR shows the ball is going about a foot above the wicket. If the VAR shows the ball is going an inch above the wicket, they they don't chalk it off because they say it's close enough. And it comes back to this whole clear and obvious error thing. That was always what it was supposed to be. And for for the for you know the life of me, I have no idea why they haven't implemented that because I think that again you still have that subjectivity. What when does a when does a tiny error become a slightly less tiny error? And when does a less tiny error become a quite a big error? Do you know what I mean? There's no clear way of doing it. But yeah, my, my solution would just be to strip away how much VAR gets involved and only use it for when, let's say, um, like, you know, the Thierry Henry versus Ireland thing. You know that? Like when he, you all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, yeah where he, it was in the... Um, <laughs> World Cup, yeah, World Cup, quali- yeah, big, big, big thing in Ireland. They really don't like him there. Uh, <laughs> World Cup qualifier and last minute Ireland, not last minute, but an extra time. Um, and Henri, basically, the ball was going to go out of play, and he and he patted it with his hand. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, crossed it for Galas, who scored. That things like that, you know, that's a very clear and obvious, and as you say, falls into all the all the right places. It's intentional. It's um, whatever, but nevertheless, it should be used for that. That's what VAR. That's what. That's why we want VAR, not Real just silly, silly little things. Where more things. So I know you're saying it should have less influence. Yeah, and it should only be for clear and obvious errors, like it was intended to be. But going forward, do you think people's disgruntledness towards it will actually mean that it's only used for certain instances, or do you think? It might even have more influence because they, as they try to sort of see perfection in footballing with uh, decisions. I, I would choose to, to just have it for very, very, a very small amount of things because football isn't, is not a black, the decisions you have to make in football, apart from things like VAR, um, apart from things like goal line technology, they're not black and white. There's so much subjectivity. What's a foul? What's a dive? What's a handball? No one has a no one has a concrete answer to any of those questions. So how on earth can we have a video system that defines this when everyone can see slow motion of the exact same footage and five people can have five different opinions on what that means? You can't possibly have a consistent video system, review system that can work perfectly. So in my opinion, because of the way football is, it's never it's never going to be set up for this. So only have it for when oh my god, we've made a massive mistake and we need to correct it. Other, otherwise, don't effing bother. The refs are fine. We were always fine with refs. They got most decisions correct. When VAR was first started to come into football, I was quite excited and obviously I was, I was quite supportive of it. And I have been supportive of it and throughout last season. I was thinking, you know, it needs to, it just needs to, like, you know, grow into its. What space where it is in the game right now? Why were you happy with when it came in? To be, I just, I, just, I just thought it was quite maybe a bit cool, a bit like oh, every decision will be correct. Mm. Yeah. No, the expectation it, of perfection. Yeah, the expectation of perfection, and yeah. I, I, I thought it could have been that. And I, I was, I remained hopeful all through last season mm. and the start of this season, and then I was watching the Carabao Cup yesterday, Tottenham versus Chelsea. 
And it, you know what? It was so nice to just be able to celebrate yeah. a bloody goal when it went in. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was so nice. The goal yeah. went in. Yeah. There's no VAR. And I know for a fact VAR is not going to overturn it. As soon as that one appeared, yeah. the linesman had not flagged and that one appeared. And I was like, you know... It, it is. It is. Nice and I agree with you. Like, like I know it's one of these things where, in, in twenty years, if we keep going with VAR, we'll just be used to the idea that you don't. In the same way, you know, like how players kind of look to the linesman before they celebrate. Yeah. Sometimes it could just become that thing. But I agree with you. Like, um, you know, we, we shouldn't. We, we have to. We have to remember why. Why. Why football is so great. And and these. You know, if you're, if you take it too seriously. And you start going, no, we must get it. You know, we, you know, we must get everything absolutely nailed on correct. And by doing that, you're reducing the the, the amount of times you can have these explosions of celebration. Because there's so few sports where, where you know, it, you have these big moments of like pure ecstasy, like football, um, so frequently. Uh, and to lose that, I agree. To lose that is just because you, you you do half celebrate goal. You just think, okay, well, was there was there a cross at any point during this game? Because they're always marginal. I can't celebrate. Oh gosh, okay, well, uh, there's going to be some hidden hand. It's just so. Why why do we have why do we have it? It just feels so mad. But you know, as you say, there was promise for it, and I think they'll still iron out lots of stuff, and it will probably get better over the years. But um, I'm definitely team go back to the way it was. You know what? Be interesting if in like you know in youth teams they actually start preparing you to not to hold your celebration so whether they start yeah. sort of incorporating var decisions into youth you sort of training and everything mm. so it's like oh don't don't celebrate just yet because you never know vr yeah. check it and whether well, that percolates down also i wonder if and at any point if var is here to stay if at any point tactics will be made for you know, like like because you, you could you could really do a hardcore offside if you could really get the offside trap because you know if we always get it right that we don't have to rely on the refs also getting it right like we know if this, yeah, if this is i was thinking this the other day i was thinking if you're literally in the uh, opposition's box and you've got a defender there you've got a couple of defenders that are like in that kind of stance with that the arms out behind the back but they're kind of low behind Attempt aim to cheat the link, aim, 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 aim for the yeah. hands, and then you yeah. go, oh, yeah, apparently. People will, people will start doing yeah. yeah. I think it's already there. If you, if you go back and look at that Newcastle Tottenham game, right, towards the end of that match, Newcastle obviously just pinging crosses into the box at Andy Carroll, <laughs> obviously. And before, before that handball was given, about three or four times, they'd ping that ball into the box, header it towards a Tottenham player, yeah. and then all their hands are caught for handball. <laughs> that happened about three or four times. Yeah, that, that will become a tactic, won't it? I mean, it would be very easy for, t- for teams, especially with this handball rule, mm. to pick, like, get like, a few men in a box, finger ball to your biggest player, and, get, and just, you know, hit it, to a, hit it at a defender. They'll probably Hopefully do that with practice as well. Like, it's like, oh, there's no one in the box, let yeah. me just smash it at a defender's hand, then it'll be handball in the box. And, and because it doesn't really matter in that scenario if it touches the attacker's hand, the attacker will always have the, the, the upper hand yeah, because they, they can yeah. jump better. Mm. They, they can get that natural like, leap. They can get higher because they're not worrying about having their hands anywhere. Cratchy said it best. He said, like, with this handball rule, I would have, I would have handballed it like 40 times a game or something because his limbs go, uh, like... Uh, Actually, yeah, like I said, it was, it was so nice to see, like, just just this overwhelming support. 
<laughs> for how bad that decision was. Yeah, I think it will bring change. But um, but yeah, I've, I've never been uh, so angry watching a football match. <laughs> also, I wanted to discuss whether you guys think that like playoffs to be promoted should be done away with and are not really. Easy. Should promotion playoffs be done away with? What's the yes. what's the argument for it? What's for, for them to be done away with? Yes. All right. So if you if you look at what a league is, a league is, you, you know, you are at the end of at the end of a year of football league, you are being rewarded for consistently good performances and being able to be consistently good throughout that year. Mm-hmm. So like, if if you're looking at say like the championship, where it goes down to like what is it sixth. Sixth is a playoff. Yeah, second to sixth get in the playoffs. Second to sixth. Sorry, uh, third to no, third. third. Third to sixth. Sorry. Right? You could say that, that that could be a massive, massive difference in points between third and sixth. Yeah. And you would say third is a a damn good team, and sixth is like a, a pretty mid mid table team, right? Yeah. So you're telling me if they get lucky in the playoffs. They get a lucky draw and then they get lucky in the final. They de- mm. they deserve to go up more than the third place team. And whether or not, like, so to say that that's fair, that's fair. Is that really the best? What the best thing for the Premier League to have this kind of this, this team in there that's not really up to, up to standard? So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be backing the hell out of the playoffs. Um. If you just had it as third place, what have the other teams got? To, apart from the top three, what have the other teams got to, to play for? If you have, it's like in the Premier League, if you don't win it, oh, we'll go for Champions League. You've got something else to aim yeah, for. Yeah, you've got till six to get you. You're, you're yeah, European you've got, football. You've got yeah, I get that. To, you know, we want to be aiming for promotion uh, slots. Not automatic, but just a promotion slot. And then with that, you're right, Ash, there is a bit of an unfair fact that you know, the, the the team that finished third might not even get to the final because they might get knocked out because it's all down to on the day. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, at the same time, that's just the way it is. The the teams that then go into the playoffs, they get a bit more money because they're, they're playing extra games. And then the team that essentially does win, like, I didn't, I, I thought that personally, the Fulham this season, I did not think that they were going to do it. I thought out of the four teams that came up, uh, sorry, four teams that were in the playoffs uh, were, were the worst team. But the fact that they were the worst team, but yet they won it, and then the prize money mm. that you get from it compared to second or even winning the championship, it's, mm. it's the biggest amount of money you can win in football. Like Bigger than Champions League, nice, bigger than World Cup. Yeah. It's, the, it's the biggest amount of money. So if that team, like you said, Ash, is the worst out of the, uh, the four, like, example, Fulham, in my eyes, you know, they've got the most money out of that, so they can technically be at an advantage compared to the team that won the championship. So I think yeah, it adds to them now. I mean, I know it's very early in the season, but they've lost yeah. all their opening game. They're projected to concede oh, no, yeah, but, goals. But, but, so, but Roe, are you saying that the fact that it's the most lucrative game, because you're defending playoffs, right? And, and now I you're am. saying that the most lucrative um, match and obviously the biggest windfall from getting promoted can, in, in effect, sometimes, and most of the time, in fact, go to the worst team that goes up. Does that not feel slightly counter-intuitive? Like, no, it, yeah, it does. But I suppose, again, like, 
if it if it is going for the worst, if it is going to the worst team. Between that little playoff, oh, I see. It gives them a little boost to put them on the same level. Is that what even though we technically, like on paper, we finished sixth, but then we won the playoffs. Mm. You know, we we've earned our spot because on the day we beat the team that was third, and we beat the team that was you know above us or that, and yeah. we've got more money from that. So, how how would you how would you feel if um, let's say the Champions League? Obviously, the four teams go in it. Let's this, say this is what I was. What, about to say. Yeah. What what if it, what if they said Okay, four teams go in, but the top eight at the end of the season have a little um, playoff, and and whoever wins from that. What so between you, fifth and eight? You mean? Yeah, so yeah, you could have no, no, not not between fifth. So it'd be from so top, you know, let's say top, you know, first and third, second third, game. Third from six. Third, then, third, yeah, third, third until eighth. Which I've got here. So, all, so all the difference going. between like third and eighth this last season was ten points. Yeah, so that's 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 not. That's not a small amount, you know. You know, what no, I mean? it's not. But again, it all comes down to who want, like, technically, who wants it more. Because you know what the prize is. The prize is the Champions League. The prize is you get in money. You get in, you know, club exposure. You get in all these things, and it comes down to who wants it more. But I guess, I guess my uh, my my argument kind of is if. Like I say, like if if you win in these playoff finals, you can say, "Oh yeah, well we were a better team than than on the day." But if you're a better team than them, why haven't you been able to show that over the course of a full year that you deserve to be promoted? Well, maybe happy, you know, maybe happy a few times in the league, and then you you know you can't beat them on the day. But I think from from a football point of view, like it, it yeah, it can be annoying if if. You beat them twice in the league, and then they beat you on one day. It's like, well, we should have, we should have had them. We beat them twice, mm. but vice versa, they gone. Well, they beat us twice, so let's beat them at their own game and actually win it, where it counts a bit more because there's more at <clears> stake in <throat> this one game rather than the two games in the league. I, I guess another thing is as well. Right, there's there's no no doubt in that Leeds are a, a Premiership team. They have Premiership quality with a, a very good manager. Mm-hmm. Because of these playoffs, they've been they've been stuck in the championship for like a year, a year, at least a year longer than that, maybe more. Yeah, but they but they also they're domestically good. fell short last year. Like it wasn't so the year before. It wasn't as if yeah, they, yeah, towards the tail end, took it, took it away from the them city. when they were desperately. You know, they they were they were in the title race for a while and then they completely dropped off. Um, I still Nor- think they were the best. Nor- Norwich last year I, came. I, up I still think they were the best team in that way. Yeah, as champions, and they absolutely, you know, flunked it. It's, 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 it's not like the fact that. It, but do you, do you think Leeds are better than Norwich? No, they, I'd Sorry. say that they are. But I think again, when that team gets into the Premier League, it's how that club and how that team then adapts. Because obviously Norwich didn't that they didn't spend that much money. They they tried to get by by, you know, not really getting many players in. And style. Ro, do you not think it could make the championship a bit more competitive if they know there's only three places? Because if if you're let's say top, you're the top six favourites to get three positions. Does that not make it more competitive? Because you know that you have to beat your best at every game. But if you know that there are three extra places available, it's like we just have to play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, know. I think I think the opposite. Yeah, I, think I think if if, if you if you had that because. Ch- the championship fluctuates so often. Like you can have, you could be, you could get, you know, you could finish 18th one year and then have a really good year the next year and get promoted and vice versa. 
like if, if you if you felt that like you know you're mid-table at Christmas you'd be like what's the point like there's there's at least three teams better than us like we're not like at least with the playoffs it kind of it may give you I'm playing devil's advocate here it may give you some sort of hope well it's like right if we can just stay in the hunt you know then we can um you know maybe you know all we need is a bit of you know because it, it would just mean that it's less sort of I think team not necessarily I don't think they would give up but at least you give them there's a big <laughs> there's obviously 24 teams there's a big gap between the top three and the bottom three, like that would be a very boring mid table. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, of course. I'm not beefing it other than like some perceived security of like position. There is no, there's no incentive for you to try and get third if you're in sixth. So no. what's, what's, what's stopping you from just, you know, well, technically, not even know, trying to progress up. Yeah, well, I'm going to get a bit more money. Third, the team that normally finishes third, in this case, Brentford last season, only just missed out on second. On, on automatic promotion, yeah. Yeah. So the what, fact that... Yeah, so if you're third, you're going to be going for the top two spaces. But if you're sixth, you're not necessarily going to be like, oh, yeah, let's really let's really make a push for you. So let's try hard to get... Four. Well, that's what Fulham did. Because you're already in the playoff spot. Like, Fulham really You have the same amount. Like, most of the time, it's it's fairly tight, isn't it? There's, a, there's already yeah. five or six or seven teams pushing for it. You, you can very rarely relax and go, right, we're third... Let's chill, guys. You know we can we can you know lose a couple. Like it's very rarely not. I think if there wasn't this this like kind of this comfort because you're in that top six, this kind oh. of like, oh we can relax because we can just do the playoffs. We can just do the playoffs. I think if there was a third automatic yeah. promotion space, teams yeah. would be fighting for that harder than anything. Like the top four battle in the Premier League for Champions League places. I feel that yeah. that's what makes the Premier League so competitive because they know. There are six teams that are going for four positions, so you need to be at your best. Not that they're always at their best. Yeah, but I feel like with the championship, could be similar. But if but if you had the equivalent of if you had inst- so I, I mean I, I I take your point, eggs. I think a Britain it just have England English league happens to have a lot of strong team and traditionally does have you know at least at least two or three uh, four strong teams. So often there is a bit of a kind of who's going to go where. But I think the equivalent there would be like if they reduce it to one Champions League spot. I just feel like if a team was 10 points off, 10 points off that one spot with three or four teams above them, they would be, it would make you know, the last few months of the league quite boring. Because well, then you it just, mean that they try harder at the start? Because it sounds like... Well, sure, but, but sometimes, you don't, sometimes you don't play well. Like, and then if you have a bad period, that's it. Your season's done. Like... I mean, you must have, like Arsenal last season, you must, you must have found it quite boring because you were so far behind. It was just like, well, okay, we're not really going to... I mean, okay, if, we, if, we, if every team slips up loads and then we win every game, there's a chance we can get, um, you know, like push on. And then every team just, did, or, did... Or Tottenham or, or, or whatever. Yeah, I, but, I but, found but, it quite entertaining, you know, because obviously we, we were chasing you and we were in your set quite a bit and we were like 14 points behind them. We were like yeah. one point behind them. We were dropping up and down. It's like... Just how, the drive, the drive, the, the ambition. How would like, you, yes, we can get there. Instead, um, of, instead of getting rid of the playoffs altogether, how would you feel if it was, um, if it was done on a kind of um, uh, points basis? So if you're, it, let's say positions aren't important, it's how many points you get. So if you're, if third is, well, no, well, so if third is, um, if third is on, if third is on 70 points. Yeah. Um, and f- and sixth is on fifty points. Then we'll say no, no. You've got to be within, let's say, 
eight points right. of third or something. So if you're yeah. not within eight points, of, so every team that's within eight points of third, you get to go into the playoffs because it shows you're very close in terms of the league. But if, as you said before, it's unfair if a team is 20 points behind third and finishes sixth, gets in the playoffs and beats them. Yeah. That kind of feels unfair. But but if you did it in a kind yeah. of... Also lessens the quality of the Premier League the next yeah. year. If you're, yeah, if you're, within, if you're all within about, you know, I don't know what you want to do. You could do eight points, 10 points, five points. Then you will go into a round robin. Obviously, the risk then is teams don't actually finish within a fight and then you got a problem. But there could be some sort of system that you figure out. And that way, at least you then guarantee that teams that are going to be promoted have at least accrued a certain amount of Yeah, no, I'd say that's probably more more fair. But I just... Also, I think it would be more exciting if that third spot was automatic promotion. That's that's just... What about about the, um, the argument that says, so... Sod, sod you and your elitism. Uh, the playoffs provide a really fun opportunity for fans who are never going to get the chance, like, never going to get the chance to win a cup. Because let's be honest, like, unless it's the Johnston's paint trophy, they're not. You know, you're never going to. You know, flipping Brentford are not going to win no. the FA Cup. They're not going to win the League Cup. Um, oh, 100%. And so it gives gives the fans a hashtag day out. You go to Wembley. It's all it's very exciting. It's at the end of the year. It allows the players to play in the you know in, in one play at Wembley. Yeah, it's all very like, good. You talk, you talk to fans of like lower league clubs, uh, uh, and they always say like, "What was your favourite? Oh, it was the playoff. Like the play, whether it's semi-finals or going to Wembley or something, it was the playoffs. Like no team goes, oh yeah, that time we finished second. Yeah, that was class, and we got promoted. Brilliant. What a year? Maybe yeah, like, oh, it's it's year. Premier League. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or even first like I mean I like Leicester fans I talk to like always talk about the playoff games over the one that they just when they cruise the league and, and got promoted because they won it easily um, but it's a good question because I don't think there is a, an, a right answer but I don't think there for me there's been enough discrepancy like where a, a really really good team has been just has, like I mean I suppose the Leeds one is quite a good example because Leeds beat Derby twice in twice in the league and quite convincingly twice in the league, and then they got them in the playoffs. Bielsa Lampard and then Derby just beat them, uh, so it kind of felt a bit like, well, we've been better than you all year, and now you've now you've had it. Do you, do you guys remember that they used to have um, relegation playoffs? Mm. How would you feel about those? The Bundesliga has that. It's like the winner of the second division plays the eighth, the last position in the Bundesliga. The winner so of the... So it's basically oh. like the winner of the championship playing the person oh. who came 20th in the Premier League. Oh, I'd hate that. I'd, I'd never want to think you can win a league and then you're not going up. Like, But I think... It, I mean, I may have got this wrong because it was before I was born, but I'm pretty sure the way it used to be was two teams would go down and then, and then the teams in 18th and 17th would have a little playoff. To see who goes down, but I—I I, stupid reason, idea. <laughs> I think I think that's more cruel because it's just like you'd rather have heartache at not getting something rather than heartache of oh my god we are the battle of the worst teams. Yeah. To find out who's worse. <laughs> the battle of the yeah. worst teams. Yeah, a showcase of bad of bad <laughs> teams and players. Actually, you know what? That's not that's not as bad to be fair because. There's, there's not really, there's not really ever that much difference between those two right teams, is there? No, it's literally like single points. points. You know what? I say bring it back. Think about that <laughs> match day. Oh, you definitely got one of one of these two teams are going down in your final. Like the, like the circus. You see all the put fans them in, there. Put them in the circus. <laughs> Who would it have been in last year then? 
dance for entertainment <laughs> Aston Villa and we, 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 we send them to Bournemouth scrum what, what, Watford West Ham or Watford Villa Watford, yeah, Villa. Watford Villa I mean Watford probably would have still gone down because they would have probably hired another manager just for that one match we <laughs> take that Watford you've just been rode <laughs> you've been, you've, been, over. you've been edge of the box yeah, <laughs> that'd be entertaining, nail biting. Yeah, um, I think I think other team, other people, other supporters from different teams would be interested in going to the game as well. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I'd, be yeah. I'd be like, I can't wait to see who goes down. They can make a, they can make an event of it. Yeah, yeah. It's some like weird like freak show, isn't it? <laughs> like, and, and, and do it like literally. Do it, don't even put it in the ground. Put it in like. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like a, a car park of a stadium. Put it in more, yeah, more park. Yeah. Or some waterlogged pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody with like umbrellas, and you, you see like a little uh, food food truck just there, Managers. handing out all the coffees. Just send them more. You could have like a, a sort of thing where, like, right at some point during the game, a buzzer's gonna go, and then everyone's gotta run to a seat <laughs> down in it. Anyone who's not in a seat is got uh, gets sent off. <laughs> I think we saw it. Chairs, survival, the survival for five minutes. Oh god, yeah, that'd be, yeah. Well, pitch it. Let's pitch it yeah, to, let's the, do to it. the dragons. Pitch it to the dragons. Do do do. Thank you all once again for joining us. Now, just as I publish this, it seems as if the Premier League are actually considering um, a proposal at the moment to introduce playoffs to the Premier League for relegated teams. Relegated teams? What's a relegated team? Relegated teams. Uh, great minds think alike, I suppose. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week.